Thank you for staying with us. Greatly appreciate it. We got open lines. Give a holler. 651-641-1071. You won't have to hang on. Everybody calls now. I will pick up. Now we'll have five calls right now. But right now, you can get on Printer right away. We just got one call in the bank. Okay, how many cats did Abraham Lincoln have in the White House? Did he have four, six, or eight? Uh, four. Ding, 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 ding. Hey. Abe Lincoln had four cats at the White House. There you go. There you go. All right. Who's up to bat? Yeah, so we have Michelle on the line, and she has a question on leash training with All her right. two dogs. Okay. Hi, Michelle. How you doing? Hi. Great. Good. You were a lifesaver with the Starmer caller. Yay. Um, I am not sure if I'm completely using it right, but I, I have been trouble adjusting sizing. So I have a Frenchie and a, and a pug, and the pug's neck is huge. Right. With all his skin, and I ordered a large, and the prongs are too big, and so now I had to order a third collar. But hopefully I've got that. It's helping a lot. Oh, good, good, good. My question is, they both have one functional eye, so okay. and it's opposite sides. So when <laughs> I muck them together, they tend to want to be next to each other, but they also then can't, I can't have, you know, you're supposed to have them on your left side, right? Correct. What is... They don't do well when they're together, but if I have the one on the right, he can't see. I mean, they're just, I'm struggling with how to walk them. Okay, so. Like, is it better to walk them next to each other? Is it better to have them separated, one on either side? You can walk them eventually in tandem, you know, where they're walking next to each other on one side, yeah. okay? Yeah. And so what you do, though, is you, at first you're going to start out individual. You'll take one out for, and walk him for a couple blocks, okay? Bring that one back, take the other one out so they get used to whatever side you're going to use. The reason okay. why we, t- we train dogs on the left side is the first people that did anything with dogs were hunters. Most hunters are right-handed when they shot. You can't have the dog under the gun, and so we put the dog on the left side. Okay? okay, so that's why we train dogs on the left side. It's just the way it is. So, but if you want to, you can train your dog on either side. But if you go to an obedience class, everything is done from the left side. So you just have to reverse everything the same being said. So if, she, if her missing eye is her right eye, yes, and she's on my left side, yep, she doesn't see me. Like to look at, you know what I mean? She's well, no. kind of like. Yep. It's her blind side. Right. Okay, so, so it, the right eye is missing. Okay, so the thing is, is that she feels you. And see, with, a little short, with shorter dogs, they have a tendency to walk a little bit away from you so they can turn and look up at you. You know, if they're like immediately right at your leg, when they look up, yep. all they see is boobs and armpits, okay? And occasional kneecap. <laughs> but anyway, so that's why, um, that's up to yourself. You know the dogs. You, you, you have a feel for them as far as how do they do better in your sight or where they have to turn to look. But see, you remember what, what God takes away, he replaces. So I imagine his, their hearing and the feeling of where you're at has been enhanced. So they don't necessarily have to look at you. They're listening to you, you know, like okay. what you're asking for and such like that. But you've got to do what's comfortable for you, and you know the dogs the best. But what you're going to start, you figure it out, what side you want them on, and you take them out individually. And once they both start walking nicely, you all then you put them in tandem. And tandem is there's a line out there. There's a ring with two 
like nylon straps that come out and there's hooks yeah, on. Yeah, I'm familiar. I bought a leash like that, but it has a bungee and I don't like it. Yeah, no, yeah. The bu- they pull, yes. they just pull, right. like they go wherever they want. Yeah, just look for tandem lead, dog leads. Uh, or couplers, you know, and you'll be able to find it. And so then what your your goal is, is that then you just, you know, you hook one hook to one dog, one hook to the other dog. You always put the fastest dog on the outside, okay, okay. And the slowest dog closest to you. And you okay. learn how to flick your wrist to get, you know, which one needs to be corrected, okay? But that's going to be down the line. Right now you want them walking very politely and nicely on the, lo- on the leash. Then you go and do tandem. That may not be for a couple months down the line. You know, okay. once you've got them listening to you, well, you pretty soon all you have to do is go, hey, hey, hey. And you don't even need to use a collar. They're just going to come right back and go, no problem. But this is another thing sometimes that happens when you walk two, two dogs. Okay, one dog is a dog, two dogs a pack. All right? right? So all of a sudden, one dog could see the same thing and not react. But if you have both dogs, they both right. all of a sudden. So my friend, she goes after squirrels. My pug could care less. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's like rat, mouse. Yep. Yep. Squirrel. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so that's why maybe as the dog gets older, then maybe tandem where everything isn't so interesting anymore. Or you get the dog pretty soon where you can get the dog where you say, leave it. When he sees that squirrel, he he brushes it off and then he's, you know, back with you again. I work on that now. Okay. You what? I work on that now. Nice. I mean, but the two dogs, I only have limited time in the morning. I get up at 5 a.m. to walk them before work. Mm -hmm. And so. I don't know if they'd both get exercise if I did take them out. <clears throat> so you're just saying, like, walk one in the morning, maybe, and one, one at night? or Yeah, well, however you want to work it, you know, do, but you work them separately when you're, while you are teaching them. Okay. Okay, okay. that's it. So they're not in the vicinity of each other, so they're, they're looking to you for direction. Now, okay. now, are you walking them to have them go potty? No, they go potty. I feed them. They go potty, and then I take them for a walk. Oh, I see. Before okay. I start work at home. Okay, okay. And so, well, well, once you get the collar squared away, so that they can't. But yeah, I, my pug will poop while he's walking. He's ridiculous. Yeah. Like who okay. does that? Yeah, not many. Be, he doesn't stop. He That's just keeps funny. going. Busy dog. Well, he was in a hoarding house, so he, I think he went anywhere yeah, and yeah. everywhere. Doesn't care. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Don't care. Don't care. Okay. Yeah. So you just got to work that out as far as you could try it one way. It doesn't seem like the dogs are bumping into each other. You know, it's just, it's a learning curve, is what it is. There is no right or wrong when you have dogs that are missing eyes. Okay. Whereas some do better on the right side, some, you know, depending on the eye. So you have to just see what, how they see more comfortable and what is easy for you. Okay. 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 All right. I appreciate you. Thank you. You betcha, kiddo. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, because that's that's the, the the thing is that uh, now remember all training collars, even if you use a pinch collar or a star mark collar, uh, the, when the dog is paying attention and the hook of the leash is resting on the back of your dog or alongside, there should be no collar pressure. Um, a lot of times you look on YouTube or whatever, they fit them snug. And folks, the part of the reward for the dog is that he's getting rid of when he pays attention. There is no collar pressure. It'd be just like if you and me went for a, a walk and I grabbed you between your elbow and your armpit and I squeezed and we're walking and we're walking and we're walking. Pretty soon you're looking at me like, how can you get like get you to let go of my arm? What do I need from what you need me to do to let go of that pressure? So that's why any collar that you use when a dog is paying attention, the their should, collar should be totally loose. There should be no tension in the leash. 
And then if the dog chooses to go forward, you give it a quick pop, pop, a quick bump, and then say your word, heal or walk. And then when they are walking, remember to reward good behavior, but don't say good girl or good boy. Good girl and good boy puts the dog's mind into recess. I don't have to think. All I can do is jump around and be crazy. So when the dog is walking, you stay calm. Oh, look at you. What a smart dog. And you stop. You ask the dog to sit. Give a little scooch where the chest is. Not the throat or the neck. Okay, but down where the V is. And then give two-finger scooch. Oh, very nice. For little dogs, it's a one-finger scooch. And just acknowledge good behavior by staying calm. Be what you want the dog to be. All right. The minute you say good girl or good boy, watch the reaction of your dog. They jump up and they get nutty. So the best thing you can do, folks, is to stop saying good boy, good girl. That revs the dog up and at the wrong time when you're trying to teach him something. All right. All right. What are you doing there? Let's see. How many? Let's see. Are you ready for this one? This one's pretty good. Okay. How many feral cats? live in the United States. How many feral cats live in the United States? We'll be back. Hello. All right. How many feral cats live in the United States? Okay. uh, 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 No, I'm just going to have you try guessing. Um, 750,000. I don't know. Well, this is very staggering, but I really, it's, uh, well, why would they say, why wouldn't that be true? 700 million feral cats in the United States. In the United States? States. 700 million. No way. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, that's so staggering. I wouldn't even know how I could make up, like, would you believe a million? Two million? 700 million! Okay, now, how many pet cats live in the United States? How many pet cats? Oh, jeez. Okay, we've got um, 700 million There's about, that are feral. what, like 300... 50 million in the U.S. right now, let's just say. Uh, I'm going to go like 150 million. No, it's 88 million. 88 million. 88 million cats in the United States that are pets. Oh, wow. Okay, 700 million that are feral. That is staggering. That's why folks spay and neuter your cat. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, isn't that something? No, 700 million but there's colonies all over of feral cats. And see, like Minsnap and a couple other people, what they've done is they they, um, they go to a colony or like like even a barn. Uh, you know, old-time farmer, you know, they keep breeding them, breeding them. Heck, they got like 100 cats in the barn, you know. And so now like Minsnap will come in and then what they do is they fix all the cats. So now they took care of that colony. And so then what happens is that the colony will naturally shrink between, you know, something happening to cats, whether, you know, they get hit by a car, uh, vermint or whatever type thing, because cat, cats don't take Connie to other cats coming into their colony. They fight. But that was one way to get in the downtown Minneapolis. They, uh, they did a thing. And I don't remember how that turned out. They took a colony in a, a certain block area. You know what I mean? And they had all the cats fixed. You know, to, and then, like I said, it got down to a re, where it's a manageable, and that's what you try to do. I went one time with Min Snap, and they they fixed. I think it was forty five cats. You know, that's a lot of cats, and you know, like from a, I think it was eight in the morning to like four in the afternoon. You know, to be able to spay and neutered. Oh wow! You know, because it was a farm type thing. You know, so, uh, but yeah, Min Snap is really an awesome place. And so, if you know somebody's got a colony of cats. 
then uh, give MinSnap. Uh, it's MinSnap.org, if I'm not mistaken. M-N, and then Snap, S-N-A-P.org. And then they can direct you in the right direction, too. Or if you want to donate to them to help them do their great, because what they, they usually don't ask any money when they're going into a, do a colony, you know, um, but... Uh, because what they do is they have all these uh, uh, live traps. You try to live trap as many as you can. So yeah, it's, it's, it's quite the underdoing, but uh, kudos to Vince Nam. Okay, who's up? All right, so we have Chris on the line, okay. and she has a dog with seizures. Uh-oh. Hi, Chris. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So what kind of pupper? I have a, uh, she's a 12-and-a-half-year-old Maltese Shih Tzu mix. Okay. Um, she's about eight pounds and um she is um i had her blood a bunch of blood work done on her about a month ago Mm -hmm. and uh, she's had a few seizures um very few and far between Mm -hmm. um and so we decided to put her on some gabapentin um just once a day Mm -hmm. and uh, she's been okay Mm -hmm. um but she has been extremely thirsty and uh, urinating a lot um, where she she goes out and goes potty but you know squat 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 all the time you know not a lot comes out but she's just you know sniff and squat sniff and squat Uh Um, so I'm wondering after doing some research and reading if she could be diabetic Um, and I don't know I haven't asked but I wondered if the doctor possibly did a blood sugar do you know do they usually do a blood sugar when they do the blood panel not unless there's something else that warrants it you like you have mentioned like what you just mentioned now but you know what's a a higher a better a bigger thing what's her weight is her weight good no I know I mean but what what she looks like you know like is she eight pounds but she she should be five pounds (laughs) you know is she a good weight for her frame? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay, because usually diabetic dogs, it comes with weight loss, right? Okay. And so, but uh, what another thing is, is that what I'm dealing with is Cushing's disease. Cushing disease oh. is a tumor on their adrenal gland, okay? And what Cushing's is, is they're extremely thirsty and they pee like a racehorse. <laughs> okay. Okay, and sometimes they're lethargic. Uh, a little bit. So look up uh-huh. Cushy's. But now, uh, oddly enough, I was going to mention something about that. Because uh, <clears throat> the thing you can do, to, uh, there is a test for Cushing's. But then they, there's you can go on to all the drugs they want to put a Cushing dog on. Or you can try it yourself. But because mm-hmm. uh, usually with um, diabetic dogs, like I said, usually it's weight loss goes with it. But there's nothing okay. wrong with that. You can, you know, no, for sure. You know, uh, the best thing is, is that, okay, get get the diagnose, and then what are you going to do? If it's not diabetic, then we're okay. If it is Cushing's, then what are you going to do? Now, Cushing's, um, what it is, is you can go to, to understand a little bit, Prana, a pets P-R-A-N-A-P-E-T-S dot com. Okay, and they have a lot of adrenal support for Cushing's. All right, because now Mike Gilligan was doing the same thing, okay? And so now okay. we got him on adrenal support. I've got him on their standard process also has uh, adrenal support. Okay, so it's uh, canine ad- adrenal support from uh, standard process. And I also, uh-huh. ha- I also have him on hippopatic support. All right? And so now okay. it's got it takes a couple of weeks for it to kick in, but he's definitely getting better now because I think we're a week in, week and a half into it. 
Okay. Oh, and so, okay. you know, with the sub, instead of doing, you know, the drugs, I want to try to do it natural. And yeah. then at this prana, pranapets.com, obviously they sell holistic uh, products for Cushing's disease. All right. But see, the thing but, is, is okay. that now we don't know, you know, if it's for sure, but the whole, you know, without the test. But his, all his symptoms are so, I just want to try this because all it's all natural. It can't hurt him. All right. Sure. It's all natural. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not a vet. This is what I'm doing with my dog. But, you know, if you what you can either go the steps and have them tested. They have to keep the dog for the day because there's different steps to the test to, to rule it out. And Cushing's is very hard to diagnose. Okay. And that's why I decided to just try to try the adrenal support and the hippopatic, you know, and just kind of see if this makes a difference. And then yeah. that other place yeah. that I gave you. But, yeah, so usually they drink a lot of water and then... um uh, and like I say, they pee like a racehorse. It seems like, you know, sooner took them out, you come in, there's a puddle. Or they're constantly at the door, let me out, let me out, let me oh, out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's constant. And I'm like, no, you were just out. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so that's why, like I say, uh, you can guess best guesstimate or you could for sure, you know, uh, I'm not telling you what to do. Just this is, you know, I, I'm choosing because like I said, I know Christians is tough to diagnose. And so sure. that's why I'm choosing to just do this on with my own and just see how this goes. I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them a month and see if we, we make a difference. All right. Cause it's usually yeah. a tumor on, you know, the adrenal gland. And then, uh, you know, like I said, you just try to make them comfortable. Cause a lot of the drugs they give dogs for cushions either makes them fat or the kind of oh. lethargic, you know, type things. So sure. I just, like I said, I'm, I'm a big anti, I just want to try to do things natural. If it doesn't work, then, then we'll have to pull out the big guns. But anyway, you know, he, he seems just like Gilligan. You know, he's no worse for the wear. <laughs> you exactly. know, he's doing good. So, like I say, that's uh, so that's what you want to do. But if you want to check to make sure it's not diabetes, because that's very serious, obviously, and that's an easy test. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so that you want to rule that out, and then, uh, like I said, then you know, look into Cushing's disease. You know, Google that, and then yep. you can go to. You remember that my two favorites is uh, DogsNaturallyMagazine.com. Okay. And then healthypets.mercola.com. And you can put in Cushing's and just kind okay. of read and that. It's, a, it's Prana with a P as in P, Paul. Yeah, P as in Paul, R as in Randy, A uh-huh. as in Apple, N as in Nancy, A as in Apple, P as in Pets, E as in Ethel, and T as in t- uh, Test, and then S as in Sam.com. And they have That's natural, that. organic okay. ways of, of dealing with Cushing's. All right. Okay. And so that's what, but like I said, you, you can do, you do what your gut tells you, you know, like I say, do, do rule thing out, then go for all the tests. So then you know what you're dealing with. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, but try to do things natural is the, the best thing. And you can put in, you know, Cushing's disease, uh, natural ways, you know, and just kind of see what comes up or see if there's, there's, as with anything, there's always support groups. And so Cushing's in dogs support groups. And because then everybody has done this, done that, you can get a lot of feedback and anything like that and just see maybe it is, maybe it's not, you know. So like I said, there's, you got a little bit of investigating to do. And so then sure. do what you're comfortable with. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Good luck. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks so much for your help. Appreciate you betcha. It. Bye-bye. Have a good one. You All too. Right, bye-bye. Yeah, it's really tough, you know, and, you know, the doctors, just like the humans, they want to diagnose and prescribe. And, you know, I want to try to do natural and see if I can maintain it before I, you know, start pounding down the drugs. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, so that's uh, adrenal support. I've been, I'm using the standard process, the canine adrenal support and then the canine hippopatic.
uh, support for uh, for my Gilligan. And so you can maybe give that a shot. It tells you on the bottle how much to give per pounds and stuff like that. So, but like I said, I try to do natural, you know, when, when, when can, and then now just another note, like on the breeder, we were talking about breeder dogs, you know, earlier, if you're going to buy one, like maybe uh, it's come through a, uh, a rescue group that a lot of the rescue groups will go down south and believe it or not, the breeder AKA puppy mills. What they do is they will bring their dogs, non-breeding dogs, uh, or there's something wrong or whatever, you know, to an auction and then rescue groups will go down and, and, and buy them. And so what it is, is that I've been trying to get a lot of rescue groups that I've mentioned this before is that if you do go to these auctions and you do get these breeder dogs, the people that should be adopting these dogs out, remember, they don't know how to play. They've been breed, just having puppies living in a cage or a yard. They don't know what any of that is. And so it's really important that you have an existing dog that is friendly that that dog can learn from. So then that will be an easy way for that dog to come forward and learn how to, you know, be a dog and have fun. Okay, hold on. We'll be back. Diggity, dog, diggity. I know you're singing it the rest of the night, fight, folks. <laughs> All right. There we go. But like I said, with the breeder cats, once a dog is having, and same with breeder cats, too. It's the same in that world. Remember that um, uh, there's a lot of work. Remember, I keep telling you stories about my Ethel. It took her two years. You know, she was, uh, was supposed to be bred, but I think she didn't breed back, and that's why. But anyway, and so the thing is, is that uh, it took her two years of being with my other two dogs, and what she learned a lot from Gilligan, to race out to check out something I, you know, lobbed or whatever type thing. And, uh, but if I wouldn't if Ethel would have been the only dog I had I would have been crushed that you know the dog wouldn't let me uh, hold it kiss it or whatever and would just wanted to run from me and so that's why you folks when you decide to get dogs that are either breeder dogs you know leftovers or uh, dogs that have been brought in a puppy mill it is a haul it takes a long time and you have to have a lot of patience so please if you have an existing dog that's you know that is, uh, you know, a good leader. I mean, a good dog, you know what I mean? Where he likes other dogs and he doesn't mind sharing his family. That is a prime family to get a breeder dog or a dog from that grew up either in a, a, a puppy mill type situation. And so, uh, because like I say, they just don't know nothing about the world. They don't know about steps. They don't know the sounds of a house makes. It's, it's really, it's really unbelievable. Okay. Okay. Who's up? All right, we have Roz on the line, and he has a question on vestibular disease in dogs. All righty then. Hi, Roz. How you doing? Just fine, Katie. How are you? Good, good. How old's your dog? She is 11. Uh, her name is Peanut, and she is a Brittany. <laughs> okay. And uh, what happened? Did her head go on tilt? Well, that's <laughs> that was uh, that's where we're at now, yes. Yeah. She had... Uh, she started to, well, she threw up a couple times, and mm -hmm. then she started to lose her balance and was unable to walk. And uh, then her eyes started darting back and yep. forth. Pulsate. And she got the head tilt. And, yep. Uh, we rushed her to the vet thinking, I don't know, she a got stroke. into something yeah. or something like that. And yeah. uh, the, the vet says vestibular disease. And, yep. And it's called idiopathic. It's, it's called idiopathic. The reason is, is because that nobody understands it. You know, how, what flares it, where it comes from. 
and in every dog it's different. I had that happen to my Brandy. Um, and uh, she uh, would have liver different bouts, you know, with it, where she'd be, her head was always on tilt, <laughs> but not yeah. too severely. But she negotiated, you know, and uh, she from the first time she went on tilt until uh, she left, I want to say it was probably about a year, a little bit more than a year. Okay. Okay, and so what it is, it's hard to see your dog like that, but every dog is different. Some of them they can navigate, because now her eyes, when she had an episode, her, you know, she, her head would get tilter even Filter is that a word? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> the, uh, and then the eyes would bob, you know, pulsate, and I'd swear that she was having, a, you know, a seizure of sorts. And uh, but no, it's idiopathic uh, neuropathy, and that's why is because of uh, vestibular, I should say. And anyway, uh, because they they don't know why or reason, they the vets don't know where it comes from, and uh, a lot of times just trying to. Uh, uh, change sometimes changing the diet and then using um, like uh, therapy as far as uh, uh, oil therapy. You know what I mean? Just to relax, okay. take the stress out and such like that will help. Okay. Okay. And so yeah, so it's terrible to look at. You're going, what happened to my dog? <laughs> but yeah. but every dog is different, and like say it's idiopathic for the fact that they're not sure what to do with it either. How to what to do? You know, and what you can do is that you can give uh, Doctor Jess the holistic vet. She does emails okay. and phone calls, and so you could give her and see if she's got any remedies that might help. Okay, with it because when my dog got it, uh, I didn't know Jess at the time. I didn't, ha- I didn't know of her, and so because uh, it was a while back. <laughs> but anyway, you can go to a holistic vet care dot com and just tell you called the show. And just email her. She does okay. better with emails and phone calls. Okay, and anyway, and just say you know just got diagnosed with that. Do you have any remedies or something that we can do? Did they do any? Po- did you took her to the vet? What did they do? Did they take a blood sample or what did they do? They actually did not take a blood sample, which was a little upsetting, but okay. uh, they did give her some anti-nausea medication, and, and that helped her keep from throwing up again. Right, right. Um, yeah, their head's still, on tilt. She, yeah, her head's on tilt, but she has been getting progressively better Good. over the past couple days. Yep. Um, you know, and we're, I guess, yeah, just looking for ways to keep her comfortable and try to figure out how to help her right. uh, navigate and you yep. know, obviously, yeah, like to keep her as comfortable as possible, whatever we can possibly do. Right, because she's going to have episodes, but you know what I mean? Whereas you, you'll be able to tell because they look kind of disorientated because now they're they're like their head is spinning, you know, uh, you know, where they may, might stagger a little like my Brandy that had it. Like I said, she was and she was 17 when she left. And so it happened to her when she was, you know, 16. And anyway, uh, but it, it, there are things that can help make them comfortable or when an episode comes. But one thing that you want to be aware of is don't, like, let her out by herself. Like, if you have a farm, don't let her be out by herself because sometimes they get disorientated and they can get lost and not find their way back. All right? Okay. So what you got to do is keep them around the house, you know, limit. Keep them in a, a fenced-in area. You take them, you know what I mean? Because just imagine yep. the world with you, with your head on tilt and your eyes pulsating. <laughs> that would give you, make you want to throw up. <laughs> oh, you know, you know, yeah, So that's why, you, and like they, they do get better. That's what, with what happened with Brandy. Like I said, she had probably, I think that year, she probably had three episodes, you know, where she kind of just, you know, looked like she was drunk and then she'd fall down. You know, so, and then I picked yeah. her up. But then, like I say, usually in two, three days, she seemed to, you know, found, got her legs, her eyes had steadied out. So it's just, every dog is different on this. 
on far as what the symptoms are and how they're handling it. And and then sometimes they don't handle it, and then it's it, that's it. We can't. We just got to do the best for them, and we have to, you know, send them to the bridge. So every every dog yeah. is different. But so yeah, give it. Don't well, hit the don't hit the panic button right away. Just see how your dog handles this, okay? And then, um, like I say, give Jess a call and see if there's anything that maybe that you could add. Now, what diet? What do you feed her? Uh, we feed her Thai Lees, uh, so a, a frozen. Um, I wouldn't say it's a raw food diet, but it's a, it's a frozen human grade food diet. Okay. Along with some occasional fresh pets from Target. Okay. Uh, some kibble mixed in. So okay. we, we try to keep it on the upscale. Right. Try to keep yeah. Try to keep the processed fo- food to a minimal. I mean, personally, I wouldn't even give her any processed food whatsoever. I would do the you know the raw or the um, uh, like. Bravo's got a uh, whatever you call it a uh, free not freeze dried dehydrated. You know, it's like Army's rations. Uh-huh. All right, and yep. the, all you do is add water, you know. But I would try to stay away from anything that's processed because we want to try to, you know, help the body help itself, and uh, go from right. there. And then, like I say, ch- uh, go. Um, you can also go to Amy Williams Delong D E L O N G dot com. She's into the, you know, the oils and such, and there might be some oils that will help relax her and help her steady self herself out. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, and and when you say sixteen or seventeen, you better believe that's what we're hoping for. Because, good. Uh, good grief, Lord knows we couldn't uh, couldn't bear to lose her. Oh, you know it. No, I know. But like I said, my uh, well, I I never all the dogs I've ever had. I never had any dog. I, I literally um, uh, went away for the day, came home, and I'm like, "Where's Brandy?" I couldn't find her, couldn't find her, and I found her underneath the hay bin where I throw the hay to the horses, and I thought she was dead because she was like flat out, and so I pulled her out. And I mean, she's like, I'm like, like she's drunk (laughs) and I had heard of this, but I've never experienced it. And so, yeah, of course, you know, I hit the panic button, you know, and then uh, the vet that I had at time and he says, ah, Selby, for that age, it sounds like, you know, it's, it's, uh, idiopathic and that why they call it idiopathic because they know the vets they have no idea where it comes from or how you know whatever you know all they try to do is just make the dog you know comfortable but anyway but yeah yeah after i got over the panic then i learned more about it and then like i said she had to be kind of out of it for two days or whatever i just kept her comfortable and where i she couldn't go anywhere <laughs> so she wouldn't get underneath the feeder again <laughs> and see they have a tendency when they feel bad like that they uh, want dark because you know their eyes are bouncing and so they just gain yeah. more when when it's calm and 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 fairly dark. Remember, dogs are are cave, you know. They like caves, you know. They like the darkness, and so that's why they may just try to do that with for her too. Also, when her eyes are pulsating like that, make sure she's in a quiet room so she can just steady herself out. Okay. All right. Okay. All but, right. Yep. Good Thank luck, kiddo. Appreciate it. You betcha. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, when you see a dog go through that, uh, the you know idiopathic fist, whatever I can't. But it's it's you know like I said, I had never seen it until it happened to Brandy. But uh, like I said, it it is what it is, and you just got to work with it. And hopefully, though, when eleven is not that old of a dog, it really isn't. So, but now Brandy, she like I said, she was sixteen when it happened to her. So anyway, it is what it is. Where are we at there, sir? All right, yeah, we just have a couple minutes before our next break, but we can introduce our next one. Sounds good. So we have Gina on the line, and she has a question uh, about her dog that has potentially two gray front teeth. So Okay. Hey, Gina, how you doing? Hey there, doing well. Good. How old is your dog? 
Um, just turned 10. 10, and what kind of dog? And she is a boxer, we think Beagle Mix. Okay. So, um, but it's obvious boxer, and we don't know what the second thing is. She's okay. a rescue. Yeah, okay. Um, so I was looking in her mouth. She's got that underbite yep. and just nubbins for the bottom front two teeth. Yep. And um, and they they look gray, almost mm-hmm. like they're like a dead tooth. It yep. doesn't seem to be bothering her, but I just it, it was alarming when I looked. Is there yep. anything I should be worried about with that? Well, that's going to be your choice. Yeah, if they're gray, they're not doing well. They're on the process yeah. of being out. I see most dogs are in the very front there between the the canines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because they don't do much chewing there, and if she has the overbite, you know, I mean, they're, they're not much pressure there because they usually grind with you know with their choppers in the back, and so yeah. she might not be having much pressure, so it's not bothering her. Have you? Are you able to look at the rest of the teeth? Yeah, I just she went to the vet not that long ago, and they said her teeth looked great, so okay. the rest of them are fine. I just noticed this recently. Okay. And when you put pressure down, does it does it bother her? Um, she doesn't really like her, anything in her mouth to be. She doesn't like us to touch anything ever. Oh. Um, so she doesn't seem to really do anything when I touch there, other than the usual, you know, try to get a, close her mouth and okay. go away. Okay. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because uh, now she was just at the vet what a couple months ago, but I think it happened. She could have knocked it. You know, right. and then they turn gray. That's, you know, a lot of people that, you know, what happens to them, they knock their teeth and all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're, they're dying, you know, what it is. And so it's, that's up to yourself as far as if you don't, now, if you can look and see if the gum around it is swollen or red, you know, that would okay. be a good thing to find out. Does she have black gums? That's really tough to tell when you got black, the dog with black gums. No, they're pink. Okay, yeah. So then look for like swelling. You know, does it look okay. really pink or does it, when you put your hand in the jaw there, does it feel like inflamed? So if you're okay. really worried about it, the best thing to do is, you know, have it, you know, have it checked out. And, and, uh, because the thing is, the dog is only getting older. And if there's a teeth problem now, it's if they have to go under for something, it's easy okay. to do it when they're younger than when it's older. All right. Okay. So that's why, okay. you know, this might, if this is something that could go worse, they're okay now, but in a year, we've got a major problem. So that's what you have to try to look at is what, what's the prognosis here? All right. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay right, kiddo. Well, you. you bet. Have a great day. Bye bye. Thanks, you too. Bye bye. Yep. Boy, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Do you know what a Maine Coon uh, cat is? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, don't you? That's a cat that are really, really big and lots and lots of hair. So basically, like a Maine like cool. a lion, Prettier, yeah, Prettier, and uh, they got a nickname, and we'll tell you what it is when we come back. Who sings this? You know, Jonas Brothers. Oh, okay, good. If you would have said Justin Bieber, I would have just. Spit. So, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that song. Yeah, it's pretty you know, groovy. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a country western chick. You know, so Alan Jackson, love Alan Jackson. Yeah, I'm a big uh, Toby Keith guy. Ooh, Toby Keith. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. All right, the Maine Coon, Maine Coon, sorry about that, not Maine Coon, Maine Coon uh, cat has a um, a nickname. Do you have any idea what it might be? I just told you it was big, and lots of hair. Big, uh, big lion. Big hairy. <laughs> <laughs> big hairy, yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
No, what it's called is the gentle giant. Gentle giant. The gentle giant. These cats can get huge. I mean, but their thing is, boy, they got a lot of hair. You got to really stay up on their grooming. It's almost like having a Persian. That if you don't groom at least a couple times a week, you're gonna have problems. <laughs> so it's uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. And now with that furnace going to be going on, you know, we're gonna be only getting colder here. Remember, you got to bump up your mega threes and sixes. Uh, sardines in water can be for cats and dogs to get some omega, you know, the threes and sixes. Uh, and there's a lot of natural things out there. So check that out, how to, cats and dogs can get. One thing that people that don't, you know, people, there's a lot of people that don't like the, um, the fish oil, like they burp up fresh fish oil. They don't, you know, the system doesn't digest it, right? There is what they call ahi flower oil, A-H-I, okay, ahi flower and it's supposed to be an alternative, so instead of like, you know, all the fish in the sea, you know, how that's kind of going, it's they're not healthy, you know, heavy metal contents and stuff yep. like that. Yeah. So anyway, so that's another thing that you can look into for omega-3s and 6s is the ahi flower. Uh, one place that I get it at is springtimeinc.com. So any of the springtime and then inc.com. So anyway, I should, but anyway, it is what it is. Uh, okay, I was going to say something. What was I going to say? There was something. What was it? Help me. One of those days. Oh, I know what it was. <laughs> Hello. Boy, I know. I got, I'm going in 50,000 directions. <laughs> and so anyway, it's just, okay, diatomaceous earth. I'm always talking about this and because I just want to get more people on board with this. It's a natural way to repel fleas and ticks and ants and you name it, any kind of crustacean. It's spelled, it's, the slang name is D-E, David Edward, okay, D-E. How you spell it is D-I-A-T-O-M-A-C-E-O-U-S. Of course, now you're at Earth, okay. <laughs> You know how to spell earth. And you want food grade, food grade diatomaceous earth. Now you can deworm, but also this is, you know, that's how I deworm my cats and the horse and stuff like that. But see, humans eat it too or use it. And uh, what I want you to do is that you can go to this website, L-O-U-I-S-E-S petconnection.com, Luis petconnection.com and she's got a nice write-up about diatomaceous earth to help you learn more and so now right now i've got my cats on it i got the horse on it and i'm actually starting to think about ah, i think i'm gonna start putting myself on it because what she does is she gives you the measurements of like for cats and dogs for cats it's uh, like one teaspoon per day uh puppies a half a teaspoon to a teaspoon dogs under 35 pounds one teaspoon Dogs over 35 pounds, one tablespoon. Dogs over 100 pounds, two tablespoons. Uh, cattle, dairy cows, hogs, 2% of their daily ration. <laughs> chickens, 5% in feed. Now, the chickens, I use it for the chickens because, you know, like for mites and stuff that, that they get, I put it in their, mm, in the yep. chicken coop and such like that. Okay, zoo animals. Did you have any zoo? Do you have any zoo animals at home? Yeah, I got a zebra in there the back. There you go. Okay, yep. now for your to see, I knew we could kind of. <laughs> okay, and so 2% of its daily feed is how much you want to give of diatomaceous earth. Okay, for humans, it's one to three heaping tablespoons daily. Seems like a lot. Yes, it does. But what you do is you mix it in, like if you do a protein shake or, you know what I mean? You mm, yeah. mix it into whatever you're going to do, do here. A green shake. Okay, the the thing is what I want you to understand is that um, the it's it's 
it's uh, there are more and more people are, are realizing about this because what it is, it's for you pets or even your home. DE has a wide variety of benefit benefits. Okay, for one, it helps to boost the immune system, which keeps the pets happy and you happy, and it hosts added both of. Um, a bonus of a soft coat and a shiny, well, soft and shiny coat. And it's also used to detoxify heavy metals out of the blood and even things like E. coli and other harmful bacterias and viruses in humans. If uh, it is used, I feel like I got a box elder bump crawling on me. The dang things. <laughs> Man, our house is just swarmed. But every time I go in, I gotta flick them off of me. And now I feel like one came to the studio. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, so so what diatomaceous dirt? You know, it um, it stabilizes blood sugar levels. It lowers cholesterol and blood pressure levels. With over fifteen trace minerals in it, it makes the di- uh, diatomaceous earth or DE for this land is great for everyone. And so you, you know, what it looks like is pulverized chalk. You know, like you know, smashed chalk, powdered chalk mm-hmm. is what it looks like. And what it is is a one-cell fossilized algae. Hmm. And after reading this, I was just kind of like, well, heck, I'm giving it to all my animals. I think I better put it in, in my, so that's, for humans, it's one to, but three heaping tablespoons. But now make sure you start slowly. Just don't throw three tablespoons in a glass or a smoothie and, and chug it, okay? You want to start out, and usually when they say slowly build into it, it's usually over a week to two weeks. You want to build to what you want, you know? So, yeah. So, but I just, I just can't say enough about diatomaceous earth. Remember, you can put it in uh, a, a baby sock, zip tie it. What you don't want to do is breathe the dust because that, you know, it's one side fossilized algae. And so it it gets a little yucky on your lungs if you breathe in the dust as it's working. Otherwise, you're fine. Okay. But if you're going to, well, everybody has masks now. So if you're going to make like your, your Ziploc, uh, your Ziploc, your uh, baby sock, you know, uh, put the diatomaceous in there and then zip lock it up, then wear a mask for it so you don't accidentally breathe any in. But anyway, so, so uh, like I said, I just can't say enough about it as far as for my animals and stuff. But I, like I said, I, you know, sometimes, you know, you buy all this fancy stuff like detox this, detox that. Well, heck, this has got fit, 15 trace minerals in its makeup and it's like, wow. And then it, defo- you know, it's great for the blood pressure. And it's great for the blood sugar levels, you know, people that are diabetic or whatever. And then it might even help, like, with cats and dogs that have, uh, you know, diabetic or something like that. So, like I said, look into this. So, go read the reader article because there's just a whole bunch to understand and learn. Go to Luis, L-O-U-I-S-E-S, PetConnection.com and look up Diotomaceous Earth. And that's D-I-A-T-O-M-A-C-E-O-U-S earth and you want food grade and where i've gotten mine is on amazon i usually get organic diatomaceous earth is what i do okay and there is those of you that have pools there's usually diatomaceous earth you know that you can put in the pools but no that's not what you want to eat you want the food grade so anyway i want to uh hopefully all you guys are going to have a a great week and then uh, teach your dog something this week folks go uh, look on youtube you know all those of you guys that have access to that say dog tricks or brain games when people go and buy those ones like the dog has to find the treat in the brain game once the dog does it a couple times it's no longer a game it's like is this it this again so teach teach 
Train, train, work with the dog, make them look to you for direction. It's going to build a better relationship with you and your pet. And then you're going to mo- you're going to make his brain think. And guess who's going to be a calmer, steadier dog? The one you're teaching that trick to or that brain teaser to. And two books that I'd send to everybody, we'll say them again. Brain Teasers for Dogs by Soderman, S-O-N-D-E-R-M-A-N. And then uh, Brain Games for Dogs. And that's by Aerosmith, not the band, but the author. (laughs) So anyway, so hopefully you guys will have a great week this week. And same with you, Brian. And we'll be back next week. Remember, you can email me. Go to mytalk1071.com. Go to my show page. And then go to my my website to email me. Because sometimes the station email doesn't come to me. You guys have a grand week. Don't blame. If you don't train them, don't blame them.